0: episode of uh kevin and brendan give notes
1: uh i am kevin nibley and i'm brendan leach
0: and yeah thank you always for listening you can follow us on twitter at give underscore notes uh we're on all the podcast mm-hmm. platforms uh hopefully if you're here you found us on one of them and uh, if you need to find us again just go back
1: to them and thank you to dave from millions for our face melting theme song
0: uh, so yeah, this week's a little bit different. We're
1: actually doing a
0: promotion. We've sold out already, already mm-hmm. on episode five.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we're
0: cashing in. You know, we're we're in our forties at this point. Not, you know, we're not doing anything for free anymore at this point. So yeah, What's we're the,
1: doing. What s- was the back of that Nirvana T-shirt? The flower kissing baby smelling? <laughs> <laughs> whatever. That,
0: that's us now. That's yeah, whatever. We just do, we still corporate sellouts. We, we, we do what we have to do um but yeah no we're, we're uh yeah we're doing a little promotion uh with the uh universal pictures uh film that i believe is coming out uh digitally like on your cable boxes it's called the war with grandpa with like That's robert, right. de- robert de niro uma thurman uh chris christopher walken a bunch of people
1: rob Riggle.
0: yeah pretty pretty all-star cast so anyway we're going to be doing a giveaway with them and kind of midway through this this episode we're going to take a little interlude, a little intermission uh, from us talking about Free Jack. Um, <laughs> the only other little bit of business. Yeah, We, we uh, at the end of our last episode, we actually said we are going to go from Rambo to Anna based on Cold War politics. Um, we did record an episode for Anna, uh, but amazingly, when I went to edit it, uh, a podcast where two guys are talking about a film where the timeline shifts every 10 minutes, uh, kind of got confusing for yep. me to edit. And, uh, we got confused. <laughs> I imagine it probably would have been really confusing and awful for y'all to listen to. So we we kind of decided maybe time jumping movies don't really work for podcasts. Now, that was the lesson we learned this holiday season.
1: So the time the time shifted so much that we just shifted <laughs> right past the entire Anna episode to to the to the next logical pick, which was free jack. So um
0: here we are. I believe it's it's Emilio Estevez,
1: yep. Renee Russo, and Mick fucking Jagger. I
0: make fucking checker. Uh, This is Free Jack.
1: Alex Furlong is about to die.
0: And enter the year 2009. Where immortality is only a heartbeat
1: away. Where money can buy anything. Shouldn't you consider an alternative body... Sorry to deceive you including life itself
0: why me why don't they just grab somebody who's alive now take a look at these people alex they've lived half their lives with no ozone layer tell me who's behind all this i'm sorry
1: i can't tell you that you me? He died, Jewel. Someone paid to bring him back. I watched you die. Welcome to my mind. Don't
0: resist. Lose your mind. And you can live forever. Forever. Jack. all right uh so free jack um have you have you seen this
1: one before yeah i've seen this a couple of times
0: I, th- I think this is my first time watching it all the way through and certainly my first time watching it in close to 30 years probably
1: honestly i'm interested in your overall opinion before we start because this movie has like an 18 percent rating <laughs> on, on uh, rotten tomatoes which i think is unfair
0: my overall opinion is it's not a good movie, um, but it is very watchable because of the talent in the movie. Uh, some really horrible casting choices that we'll get into, uh, but yet uh, some really famous horrible casting choices which make it a very fun watch.
1: I feel like bef- my my up top note is this is not a good movie, but it should be a good movie. There's like there's a good movie in here. Oh yeah, yeah which is I think really like. When I think of what we're doing here on this calls and on this podcast, this is a quintessential movie because it's like it's a train wreck. But really, the premise is kind of compelling, and they should have made a, they should have been able to make a good movie out of this. Uh,
0: okay, um, so I don't know. The first note I have: seductive opening music cue. They're showing shots of like Mick Jagger's Time Army, like kind of getting the position. But I was almost expecting with that music cue, like a hard cut into like Shin and Tweed, like riding a guy or something. it was like very much like a skin of it just It just seemed like it was like, like it's a softboard music cue.
1: And then it said like, three people who wrote the screenplay, which I think is...
0: <laughs> that's like a pro tip. If you start to see a bunch of writers or a bunch of editors in a movie, that's usually a pretty telltale sign that some people got fired. Look at the editors and the writers. If there's more than two of each, usually it's a bad sign. Not always, but usually.
1: Yeah, that's where we are on this.
0: Okay. Um so I'm at that first scene. We land in like a, an uptown New York City, Manhattan apartment with Rene Russo and, uh, and Emilio Estevez on Race Day. We, we, we learned that Emilio oh Estevez is a racer, and she's like his girlfriend, but like she mentioned something about the racers' wives, and he's like, "We're not married. What do you think the other driver's wives will be wearing? I hate wives. That. Did I hear wives? <laughs> I said wise. I got ahead of myself for a minute. He's, she's also a foot taller than him. So he goes to <laughs> yeah. kiss her and I'm pretty sure he like gets up on uh like a footstool, like he gets on, so he can kiss her. Um my my note is the casting here is pretty bad. I think uh, my divorce hearing where I had to sign my divorce papers had more chemistry than Renee <laughs> Russo and <laughs> Emilio Estevez. I mean, like, there is no point in this movie where she's, like, a foot taller than him; they could barely even look at each other in the scenes. And, like, there's no point where I believe they love each other at all.
1: I'm going to stick up for René Russo here. She's she's doing as best as she can. There's, uh, Emilio Estevez, and I hope we don't get sued for saying this, is, like, a black hole of charisma in this movie. <laughs> like, every time he's on screen... Everything just grinds to a halt.
0: Yeah, the, it's really weird. The, the casting of this is quite strange. Uh, Buster Buster Poindexter is his agent, and Emilio uh, is driving a hot pink indie car. So we know he's <laughs> a rebel. He doesn't give a fuck.
1: Buster Poindexter is given like such hokey, corny, bullshit dialogue where he he says at one point like, "You do the driving, and I do the jiving." Brad, I thought we had a deal. Yeah. You do all the driving, and I do all the jiving. Like <laughs> it's cross-cutting between a pretty cool movie where Mick Jagger is moving into position in this dystopic future, and the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I would not, <laughs> I would not want to watch a movie that was just like the race car movie.
0: It's Emilio who drives around the track or something, I don't know. He hits some other guy's wheel and he just shoots up like it's some crazy 45 degree angle right into an overpass and just explodes. Three, two, one. We got him. But also Mick Jagger has pulled him from time and Mm -hmm. he has been transported uh, to the future, uh, and wakes up on an operating table, I believe. And my note here is that at this point, like the the, the art department is somewhere between uh, the movie Spaceballs and the Clockwork <laughs> Orange. <laughs> um, I believe the people who are examining him on the operating table are just body wrapped in like tinfoil. Yeah, the lead computer engineer. Has half sunglasses, half regular glasses. Like, Mick Jagger needs to wear like a Spaceballs helmet while he does this shit.
1: Like, the next line, the guy's like, when they bring him back to life, he's like, "It, I wouldn't want to dance to it, but that's a heartbeat. Well, I wouldn't want to dance to it, but that's a pulse.
0: Just at some point, he starts looking around, starts figuring out, he's like, What kind of hospital
1: is this?
0: And <laughs> <laughs> screaming. Like, I actually thought this was pretty cool. <laughs> Way he escaped Like some shit happens. There's like a, a you know, thing. He escapes. And he starts running, and it like cuts to Mick Jagger. And he's like, "Get
1: the mate Get the meat. Yeah, get the meat. <laughs> yeah." yeah. <laughs> like he's realizing he's not in the right timeline. Mm-hmm. He goes to his old, I guess, his old apartment, and he goes to like when when it opens the door it's a it's a black family yeah and i was so like that's how you
0: know it's a dystopia
1: yeah th- they did this in in back to the future
0: completely correct that used to be if you did a time movie quickest way to show that the white protagonist world has changed for the worse is they go back home and a black person lives there yeah <laughs> it's fucked yeah. up
1: it's really <laughs> it's fucked so, up so <laughs> so fucked up
0: where's julie who julie julie redland who are you?
1: I'm the guy who
0: lives I'm here. So whatever. So let's get the park slip. So so um.
1: I we we can like honestly, this is to me where the movie starts to like we could you can hit you can hit fast forward, but like this yeah. is, David Johnson does have this scene where he kind of bottom lines the whole movie where he's like explains why they take bodies from the the past.
0: Take a look at these people, Alex. They've lived half their lives with no
1: ozone layer.
0: <laughs> and I do have a note where so somehow. I think uh, Buster Poindexter is explaining the bone jacking and he goes, this shit's still raw, but they got it perfected fine. Space-time coordinates, this
1: shit's still raw, but they got it perfected fine.
0: And my note here is, did Yogi Berra <laughs> write this movie? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like...
1: It also occurred to me that possibly there was a writer's strike and they just gave the character <laughs> descriptions to the actors and we're like, can you just kind of roughly <laughs> articulate what you think we're, we're doing here? So, David
0: Johansson, whatever, like, like you, you know, Amelia goes to him for help. Uh, you find out quick, you think he's going to help him, but, like, within a couple of minutes, it's like he's obviously not going to help him.
1: We're at the part where. Um, it's like he, like, flees from Park's slime. We're, we're like you yeah. know,
0: Renee Rousseau.
1: Right. She's the negotiating, tough as nails negotiating scene.
0: We should at least try for the mineral rights.
1: A try could kill the whole deal. So
0: we're talking about a difference of three billion. Couple things happen. I don't, you know. There's a scene where she like talks to Anthony Hopkins, who gives a shit. Like we all know, Anthony Hopkins is coming back at the end of the Like, like, yeah, he wasn't cast to have like one cursory scene with her neighbors. So was like, oh, how would the meeting go? Okay, cool.
1: Where are you? I'm in Sydney. I wanted to be near the opera for when the fat lady sings.
0: Do you have anything before he goes to see her?
1: No. This is. I mean, honestly, like. Put, for those watching along with us, put your finger on the fast forward button for like the next <laughs> 20 minutes of this movie.
0: Simply, so if Amelia like gets to, to to like her, you know, she's got like some fancy apartment downtown Manhattan, he like somehow breaks in because in addition to being a world-class race car driver in 1991 or whatever the fuck, he's also cat or, or can break through futuristic security systems. He like, yeah. gets, he like somehow gets into her apartment. It's me, Alex. wait a second, what the hell is the matter with you? Alex, don't you remember me? You're a liar, let go of me. But okay, but what I don't get, my note here is everyone else in this movie knows he's a free Jack. The black people who (laughs) took his apartment, like, you know, his old age, and everyone's like, oh my God, this guy's a fucking free Jack. But yet the woman who loves him, he shows up like she somehow is unaware of all this maybe because he was trying to close the mining rights and this weird Japanese deal <laughs> she's so skeptical she kicks him out but then it cuts back to her a scene or two later and she she has this fucking scrapbook you know he like died in race and pictures of them and all this shit so clear she gives a fuck still she hasn't moved on she still, he still has a place in her heart and he shows up and she's like yeah I know you're not him intruder wait wait wait! what'd you do that for whoever you are you've got about 30 seconds but everyone else in the movie the second they see him it's like oh that's a free jack that we all know about
1: not to like really go down the rabbit hole of the logic of this movie but if you're dating somebody and they die in a fiery crash and then there's no body (laughs) in the fiery crash and then within the next 10 years. You realize there's a technology where you can go back in time and steal a body. Wouldn't you be like, well, that's exactly what happened to that guy, right? Oh, of
0: course, yeah.
1: So, yeah. So why why is anybody having any conversation that they're having? It seems like, <laughs> like Buster Poindexter and Rene Russo and everybody involved should be like, yeah, I've been waiting for this for my for the last ten years.
0: No! Is this your truck companies not anymore? Somehow he gets in his chase. Somehow. The note I have is like everyone is in these future cars. Like it looks like they actually borrowed like the cars from Fahrenheit four fifty one uh, that Truffaut yeah. did in like the late sixties. But like uh, I Amu mean, SMS somehow has this like the family truckster from like National Lampoon's Vacation. That's like some <laughs> that he stole. It's supposed to be like some advertising vehicle for like
1: bottles of wine. Yeah.
0: So they're driving. He's got this like MacBook in his in his weird like family truckster. And somehow yeah. Mick Jagger has the ability to like open a lid and shit remotely and talk oh to him. Oh my God. Verloc, it's that
1: I hate to tell you this, but just beating. Where are we going?
0: And yeah. There's this, there's this real cheeky scene. Like Amelia like shuts the laptop and then somehow Mick Jagger opens it back up and he's like, ew, I hated the dark. Oh no, I hate the dark. Piss off. You can't get rid of me that easily. This whole the character, like anytime they cut to anyone else, they're like, this guy's a fucking killer. Like this guy I've never seen like a heartless black. <laughs> he's like a Terminator. And then it cuts to him in his one big, the one time I really seen him in action going after the free Jack. And he's like, hey, hey, I hate
1: the dog. Yeah. I. My note here is, I hate this chase scene. <laughs> I, this is, this is to me like, the this is what's wrong with this movie. He might as well be Ringo Starr. At the, the, yeah, exactly. Also that, that chase scene, the worst chase scene, ends with the worst green screen I think I've ever seen in my life, where he's like where he, when he jumps off, it's it's so poorly done.
0: Don't do it.
1: But then that goes to when he comes out of the river. This, I mean, truly that where he like talks to the homeless guy, a reprehensible, truly awful scene for every reason.
0: This homeless guy, the actor's name, he is uh, Frankie Faison. He was like the police chief in The Wire. He was the landlord in Coming to America. He's an amazing character actor. And this is probably the worst role I've ever seen him in.
1: Every shitty movie has this sort of like, you know magical negro character who's gonna like illuminate i mean i didn't make that term up no 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 no! (laughs) i'm not
0: laughing because it's funny not that yeah
1: he's gonna illuminate the plot for us and and for the main character by by you know speaking in folksy uh, wisdom and aphorisms have you ever seen an eagle flying back to
0: his home with dinner for the missus and all the little eagle babies and then right at that moment he's about to get back to his nest he says Oh,
1: what the fuck! <laughs> it's a drag being an eagle. <laughs> His little soliloquy about the eagle giving up—like it, no, nothing makes any goddamn sense. And it's then, horrible. like crazy-sounding homeless guy is like, "Shine on, you crazy diamond!" Or he says something like, "Then you too can fly. <laughs> you can fly." Maybe I can. <laughs> After this scene. This movie gets real bad and real boring and real tough to watch for a a good 20 minutes at this point.
0: All right, so uh, I feel bad. We're we're shitting on the movie for you, Jack, pretty badly. Um, It seems like maybe a good point to take a break. Um, As we mentioned at the top of the show, we were asked to do this giveaway with Universal Pictures and uh, for the movie The War with Grandpa. Um, So Brendan's going to tell you a little bit
1: more. Yeah, it's the wise guy versus the pint size when Robert De Niro gears up for an epic prank battle in the hilarious and heartfelt family comedy The War with Grandpa, featuring an all-star cast, including Rob Riggle, Jane Seymour, and Christopher Walken. Ring in the holiday season and get ready to laugh out loud with The War with Grandpa. Now yours to own or gift on digital and on Blu-ray and DVD on December 22nd from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to checking that out. You mentioned uh, Uma, I think, is in that too, right?
1: I mentioned it. Uh, because they don't, so I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> we, we read the copy they gave us. Maybe they had.
0: Maybe something went wrong with None of our business. And um, also, uh, we're doing a little bit of a giveaway with them. We're gonna have uh, 15 Blu-rays. We're gonna do some tweets, and you know, if you follow us, you retweet it. We're gonna pick 15 people at random. Uh, we'll. DM you and you know just give us your address and it'll be in a mail. Uh, probably not in time for Christmas, but certainly in time for New Year's. You can ring in the New Year's uh, with the with Grandpa. And uh, you know we really are appreciative that they want to do something with our podcast. But anyway, back to our little show. Uh, here are more of our thoughts on Free Jack. So, Emilio, after this, is kind of just wandering the streets. Like Renee Russo shows up in her limo what are you doing here slumming Listen. so they decide like they like each other again um and she's like i know this guy who's like the harriet tubman for like free jacks okay. or so. Fuck. so i'm gonna take you to a nightclub to meet him
1: i think the point of this scene for is for emilio estevez to to call um to say vicendic
0: yeah i know someone who's trying to bring me in goes by the name of vicendic. Well, I got a special message for you. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> and it cuts to them. They're in like her limo the next day. They have like a talk where she's like, you know, I'm not going to come with you. And he seems a little upset, but he kind of gets it. You know, she's like, well, what if the day before your big race, I asked you to to make a sacrifice for me? And he's like, I wouldn't have and blah, blah, blah. But, but my, my note here is that she should have just said, Alex, it'll never work. I'm a foot taller than you. <laughs> right.
1: Also if, what were they tw- early 20s in the like in the in the logic of this movie in the their yeah, early logic, 20s yeah in
0: the logic of the movie yeah
1: so he's still in his early 20s and she's 40 yeah
0: that would have made all their scenes a lot more interesting if there was like a visible age difference for sure
1: yes one of the many things that they could have done that would have made this movie more interesting than it is
0: you're not getting on that boat for a long Versendek. there's like some huge fucking chase scene Somehow in the middle of chase scene, uh, special agent Johnson from Die Hard, uh, her bodyguard.
1: He's got this little speech about his the grandma. Keep my grandma smiling. I will. And he's got a samurai sword the whole time because it seems to me so clearly like the actor's choice of like, <laughs> I, I need a totem here that's gonna, you know, kind of articulate my character and he, he's working. This guy's working. He, he's this a good is a big scene. Yeah, yeah. You boys looking for this? Ah!
0: So he dies heroically. But like, like my note here is, it's like kind of silly because anyone with like half a fucking brain knows we're gonna have to deal with Anthony Hopkins, who's probably was like the guy who set this up. But regardless, we do this like crazy long fucking chase scene with, with like Emilio and Mick Jagger and he like kills some of his like underlings and we just whole thing and blah, blah, blah. And like somehow Mick Jagger, like it ends up being the two of them and they confront him and he's just like, God damn it for Cyndic. tell me because- who's behind this. And then it comes to McJagger, Jagger and he's like,
1: I'm sorry. I can't tell you that.
0: <laughs> and then it like, cuts back to Emilio and he's like, "No, fuck you for Sunday, goddamn it! Tell me." And he's like, "Okay." So it's Sammy Hopkins. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's go talk to him. Okay. Yeah. And like that, oh, yeah. So that—that's—that's—that's that. Who's that's, that's, that's that. doing this to me? McCandless. But somehow, Mick Jagger respects that uh, Emilio could have killed him, but didn't. So then he's like, "All right, well, we got to hunt you down, but I'm going to give you a running start." So then yeah. Emilio starts running. Just cuts to McJagger. He's like one mississippi two mississippi
1: one mississippi two mississippi
0: none of it fucking matters anyway so they end up in a scene we all know they're gonna end up
1: in welcome to my mind you've been behind it
0: all the only note here is like why is amy hopkins brain set in utah <laughs> right. like seriously it was like a, a stock footage Olympics of like yeah, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, his mind is like the National Geographic Channel or like <laughs> or like or like when you go to the Museum of National History and you like want to chill out in the IMAX for a while and it's like the Great Lakes. That's what <laughs> that footage is what his his mind is.
0: I do think he like elevates the script. He's like, I thought if I could have the body of the man you once loved, I would
1: right. finally gain your favor. Why do it at all, Mac? Because I love you, Jewel. I've loved you for years from the first day I saw you.
0: It makes you stop as a viewer and be like, wow.
1: Unless you're brain dead, like, yeah. you put all this together. So so that's even doubly remarkable that he's, comp- he's compelling while laying the thickest layer of exposition. But I held out hope that with enough time, somehow I could reach your heart. But my time ran out. I became ill. So then they do the body switch thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this is what we what we what we paid admission for, right? This is the like the big body switch thing.
0: <clears throat> Let him go, Mac.
1: Sorry, Jewel. It's either him or me. Too bad. I was just getting used to you. You don't make too many friends in this business. That whole scene where he's like, "I thought we would be friends."
0: Yeah, the note I have is Mick Jagger just like a lonely guy. He's a real workaholic bone jacker. He doesn't have a lot of friends. And he just, like, wants a a mate to go have a pint with.
1: He's got a contentious relationship with Ripper.
0: (laughs) But anyway, but so whatever. So we do this whole shitty, weird scene where, like, Jonathan Banks shows up. It's the culmination of the movie. And they have to, like, they ask, like, uh, Emilio Estevez for McCandle's uh, security code, right? And that'll prove if McCandles has occupied his brain and body, or if he was still Emilio Estevez. Shoot him for Sendak! Six. Correct. Nine. Proceed. Long story short, he reads out the number, and you're like, oh my god, it's McCandles! God damn you, McCandles! Gentlemen, prepare my car.
1: When they're getting into a fancy car, and and then there's that sort of reveal at the end where they run into Mick Jagger. I knew if I watched you, you'd make a mistake. McCandless can't drive.
0: Like, maybe it cuts to Rene Russo and she's like, what about the password he gave <laughs> Yeah, you? right. Like, was that right? And he's like, no, it was like <laughs> completely wrong. Wait a minute, how'd you get the ID number right? He didn't, I lied, he wasn't even close. And like that's the movie, and then I'll laugh.
1: Why does he have to say like, I, "I knew you'd slip up," and then you drove a car, and that was my clue. Also, I you got that number wrong, and I totally <laughs> lied to cut. Like, you, like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: it's
1: ridiculous. The the whole thing that he keeps like setting up that he's this folk hero, like the homeless guy is like, you know, shine on, you you'll never get licked, and and he promised the dude with the samurai sword that he would always make his grandmother smile. Now he has totally fucked all of those people. Like, who cares? (laughs) I am now rich. I'm just gonna be the rich guy and take care of myself. So the problem with this movie is it's it's worse than the sum of its parts. like the director's a, a good director Pro, one at least one of these writers, I'm sure is a good writer. like the actors are decent if not good. All the character actors are good. Mick Jagger is against all odds and against all logic and reason, charismatic and likable in this movie. And the theme of can a rich person pull someone through time and put their change their brain and live forever is compelling and could be really interesting yeah Yeah, and this movie whiffs on it but what it's based on is immortality incorporated i think robert sheckley is the guy's name um it's totally different it's a guy who's like a he's like he works for a yacht company He, he he dies in a car accident but he goes like a thousand years into the future and they don't bring his body they just bring his brain and then he goes through all this like Interesting, like examinations on culture and the afterlife and consumerism. Um, and th- this movie could have plucked any single one of those ideas and just sort of like focused on it, and it would have been a lot more interesting. Yeah, this is a movie that I would like to rewrite. If we're doing the rewrite, still. yeah, let's,
0: let's rewrite it. Um,
1: I, I think like take out all the chase stuff. I think focus on the the spiritual switchboard and the and the weird pseudo like digital religion stuff and and not make this an action movie, but make this a kind of a abstract sci-fi. Yeah. Um, that's what I would do with this movie. I wish this
0: whole movie was about the lore because I want to know how society uh, degraded in such a way that it's a shithole, but then yet also technology advanced in a way where people can pluck people out of time. We need the scene where Mick Jagger tests his underling to see if he's telling the truth. We need a scene where Buster Poindexter sells Emilio out. And yeah. there's, there's like a big shootout and he escapes. Like we don't need the underground railroad scene that goes nowhere. There's a lot of scenes we don't need, um, but... Um, I would have jam packed it with more because it's it's a really interesting idea, you know, the way society's going and, and with a certain inequality of wealth. This idea yes. that at a certain point we progress to a point where like billionaires can pluck dead bodies out of the morgue or what like they could, you know, they can live forever through poor people. That's a, a great idea. And there's a lot uh, there to sink your teeth into.
1: Yeah, but even that we,
0: the- we get Mick Jagger just being like a cheeky. Guy, that's weird. I think that's our episode. So this was my pick. Um, yeah, where do you want to go from here?
1: So I I want to stay in this ex- very specific pocket of. Sci fi that is so close to being really, really right on and profound and still um, relevant to this day, but it's just a complete swing and a miss. I think the only movie to watch right now is Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, wow.